Sabonis brought it to him. Hey, what is up, everybody? This is Jack with the All Pacers Pod, a podcast for Pacers fans, by Pacers fans. As always, I'm joined by Sal from all.pacers on Instagram. Sal, how's it going? It's going great. And if you don't already follow all.pacers on Instagram, Sal, explain to me how you how one can go about following that Instagram page. Go on the Instagram homepage, click the search magnifying glass button, and then type in all.pacers, about 4,500 followers, so you'll see it at the top. And you could be one of those four and a half thousand or million. You, you Soon to be. Soon to be a million. Okay, so yeah, four and a half thousand. That'd be wild if it was four and a half million. But uh, <laughs> shout out to everyone who's been following and listening to this podcast from the very beginning. Where this is probably anywhere from eighty-five to ninetieth episode. I always forget what number we're on. But man, we've been doing this for a long time, and uh, we are really appreciative for everyone listening. And we got a fun episode today, Sal. I mean, you did this thing. I've seen, like, the memes of it where, like, people rank different, I don't even know, like, groups from S tier to F tier, correct? Yeah. And you did that for the Pacers. And, like, what, what was your criteria for that? Was it recent? Like, you ranked them recently based on the past week of games? Or walk me through that. And then we'll... We'll talk about some other stuff before we get to that. But yeah, walk me through that. So I'm going as of recent and probably to me recent is like December onwards. Um, I also posted a tier list from uh, close to the start of the season. So maybe it'd be interesting to uh, compare those. Just thought of that. Oh, yeah. I forgot but, about um, that too. Yeah, I'm comparing all the players uh, relative to each other. So if you see someone on the highest tier possible, no, that does not mean that they're the best in the NBA. It means they're the best on the team. Yes. Or maybe they're the best in the NBA. Yeah, maybe. You know, this team's been heating up of late. I think we've only lost like four of the past five. So, <laughs> I mean, hey, this team's looking pretty good compared to how this team usually looks, which last time, Sal, we were just talking about this off the pod, but last time we recorded a podcast together, I believe it was last time, the Pacers were on pace to have, no pun intended, were on pace to have the eighth worst win percentage in Pacers basketball history. We're now on pace to have the sixth worst record in Pacers basketball history. And let it be known, the Pacers have been a franchise since 1960. I don't, I thought I had this pulled up, 1960 something. So it's been like 60 plus years that the Pacers have been a team. And this is the sixth worst of all time. Uh, man, it's tough. So we're <laughs> going to have some fun stuff to talk about today. A ton of moves have been happening in Indy. And, I mean, we got to start right from the top because we haven't even talked about it yet. I mean, we've I think we've talked it into existence. But Lance Stevenson's a pacer now. Sal, what, like, what were you – I'm sure you remember exactly where you were in your life. Yes, I do. Lance, yes, when Lance became a pacer for – the third time in his NBA career. And I got it. I mean, what? He's 32 now. He looks like a spry 21 year old. Something like that. There. Yeah. So, I mean, what what, are, what have you loved about watching Lance? Um, and or I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but how's, how's it been for you so far watching Lance Stevenson back in Indy? So I still can't believe that he's on the team right now. Um, 
it seems uh, too much of a dream to uh, be real. But uh, I love watching him play. He changes the whole dynamic of the team. He makes it more fun to watch. Uh, players seem to get more excited when he's on the court. And um, just the swagger that he has when he dribbles up the court and he's hop- he's hopping around and he looks like he's having fun out there. Uh, it's very exciting. I mean, when I found out the news, I was just getting off my shift at work. So I was like pretty, pretty excited. And um, yeah, I guess we've been talking about it for a while. And I, I knew this wasn't going to be, I knew he wouldn't retire from the Pacers in 2018 or whenever he left. I knew he'd be back at some point. I love it, man. I thought it was it. Like, I didn't think we'd see Lance ever again in Indy. But, I mean, like, wh- how wild is that of me to think, you know, because he belongs in Indiana. He sh- obviously should end his career here. I don't know of another player who's tied to an organization the same way that Lance Stevenson is because he developed some sort of superpower when he's in Indiana. Yep. So just like a quick rundown of where he's been recently. The last time we'd seen him before this season was in L.A. with the Lakers. That was 2018 to 2019. Played 68 games, had 16 minutes per game, shot 37 from three. I mean, not bad. Shot 43 from the field, averaged seven points, three rebounds. I mean, (coughs) two assists. Like, not a bad – like, for 16 minutes a game, that's not bad at all. And – the big thing that holds him back always is his antics, but yeah. it just it works in Indy, man. So I'm glad he's back. He he had a run in Atlanta with Nate McMillan as his coach this year. He had a 10-day contract there, barely played, had 11 minutes per game, averaged just about two points, two rebounds, two assists, and just didn't work. But you know what, man? The dominoes fell perfectly, and he ended up in Indiana and – not just ended up in Indiana as, you know, just like a regular role-playing 10-day contract guy, but he's been playing a big role for this Pacers team. And Sal, from the way that I've seen it, looks like this team has new life. And I really do believe Lance has probably been the the sole factor in giving this team new life. I mean, it hasn't translated a, a bunch of wins or anything, but s- like a lot of the players just look a lot more happy to play for example, Demonis Sabonis, and I mean, are you seeing the same thing? Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, I think everyone on the team loves Lance, except for maybe Miles, because Miles uh, clearly pretty angry. But um, I think that him and Sabonis have such a good connection. Like Lance said, uh, he knows Sabonis like the back of his hand, and he knows exactly when to hit him and where to hit him when they're playing on the court together. I think he said that in a post game interview, but. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's great watching them play together. It makes me enjoy the Pacers a lot more, and it makes me more proud to even own a Lance Stevenson China jersey. Let's go! Yeah, my my wife was talking to me before we did this podcast today. She was like, "Hey, you got to mention that I've been wanting Lance Stevenson on the Pacers for two years now." I'm like, "All right, I might." But hey, here you go, Rio. <laughs> if you're listening, which I know you don't listen, but you do download. And we appreciate that. And for everyone else who's listening, we love that you're listening. The main thing we ask is that you just download the episodes if you don't have a chance to listen. Hey, man, just download. You don't have to listen. (laughs) But we prefer if you listen. I hope that's a a good selling point for this podcast. But anyway, let's get into some other news. And we'll talk more about Lance as it goes. I I have a a hunch that he's going to be towards the top of your tier rankings. We'll see. 
Awesome. So what what else happened this week, Sal? I'm going to let you run through this kind of take the lead on this sure. uh, news. So l- let's walk through it. So we have Keelan Martin getting cut. That's just as a result of signing Lance and most likely keeping him for the rest of the season. Uh, he did just sign a second 10-day today. But in, in realism, uh, the 10-day only just gives the Pacers more time to uh, see what they're going to do with their roster because the trade deadline is February 14th, I believe. So this could be the last uh, month of Miles Turner on the Pacers, but we'll, we'll see what happens. And um, I think Lance is going to be here for at least this year. It's kind of confirmed, but uh, they might look to extend him after that. Um, Kiefer Sykes got an extension to stay with us for the rest of the season. That's something that I'm very happy about. Uh, five foot ten, uh, maybe. He looks very small on the court, but uh, he's a truly a good inspirational story behind him playing on like eight different national teams. I think it was in Italy, Greece, uh, Turkey, all these different places, China. Uh, it's just a very inspirational story. Um, and he's been great for the Pacers. Uh, being a pure playmaker, exactly what we want. We don't want a ball-hogging point guard. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Kiefer Sykes here to stay for the season. And then we just have um, Karis LeVert's injury and Brogdon's injury. Uh, but what do you think about the Kiefer Sykes situation? Yeah, I have been a big proponent in getting younger, giving some guys opportunity. I'm liking Kiefer Sykes a lot because he's not ball-dominant. And the thing that I've loved about this I guess past week of Pacers basketball is yeah. Lance Stevenson ball hogs a lot, but I mean, he brings excitement. And (laughs) one of my biggest problems with him a few years ago, I think it was 2017, 2018 season when he was last in Indy, he would come off the bench with Sabonis and they would only pass to each other. No one else was touching the ball or Lance would just make some dumb play when he was in. And to me, I was just like, dude, you're ball hogging, chill out. I think he's doing a little bit less of that. I mean, he even had a game where there was 14 assists this this year. Or I mean, he had ten of them assists. were to Sabonis. Ten of ten, them were to okay. Sabonis. Well, see, I didn't know the exact <laughs> number, but yes, there's some more proof to what I'm saying. But look, if he's creating and not trying to do too much, then I'm like I'm all about Lance Stevenson. And what the I mean, what my point is is you asked about Kiefer Sykes. When Levert's healthy and playing and when Brogdon's healthy and playing, they are ball-dominant guards who create shots for themselves. But when this offense is running smoothly and when when this offense is at peak form, it's when we're running the offense through Sabonis. And I know it's not translating to wins right now, but we're starting guys like Dwayne Washington and Kiefer Sykes and Justin Holiday, who's a rotation or second-unit player. We yeah. don't we we don't want him starting because of what he can bring to that second unit. I mean, he is our best option right now. Well, I'd say O'Shea Brissett to start. I'd love to have Justin Holiday off the bench. But look, we're running the offense through Sabonis. This team's having a lot more fun, and we're closer in some of these games where our talent is far less uh, equal to the teams that we're playing. For example, the Celtics game we played. Well, well, we're editing or we're recording this podcast on Tuesday. We played the Celtics on Monday. Uh, we're playing them again tomorrow, but we'll talk about that soon. But we played them yesterday. I'm not going to give too much away, but when you look on the court and like who's in the games at certain times, you see like Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Robert Williams, who's surprisingly good. I'm not going to put him in the same really category. Good. Yeah, I don't want to put him in the same category as Sabonis or anything, 
because I don't think I like I think he makes a ton of dumb mis- decisions, like including that foul towards the end of, uh, the end of overtime, which I guess they gave to Josh Richardson. We'll we'll talk about that as we get there. But Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown alone are far better than. I, well, maybe not far better than Sabonis because, you know, I am a homer. I don't know what the average NBA fan thinks. But that's some great talent right there. And then we're trotting out Sabonis, Miles Turner, and, I mean, just a bunch of random players. Yeah. And I, I typically would put Miles Turner in that random players list. But, like, I mean, the talent, we should have won that game. O'Shea Brissett had a great and one at the end. I mean, we should have put it away, but Jason Tatum's just so good. Yeah. And the whole point, everything I'm trying to say is the guys that are in the game aren't taken away from the the game plan that the Pacers should be running, which is get the ball to Sabonis, let him make plays, find the open player, back his player down, create on offense, and I'm loving it right now. So I think this is also a great sign that maybe Karis LeVert could be on the move soon. Um, Brogdon may not be a pacer forever unless, you know, like he buys into this fully. Yeah. And I know we're going to talk about it again for, I, I guess if this is the 87th or 88th episode, we're going to talk about this for the 87th or 88th time. We may see Miles Turner get traded too, because he doesn't seem to fit with this team and what we're doing recently. So I know that was a long explanation for how I feel about Kiefer Sykes, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, Look, I, I am glad that we got a young guy. I know he's not super young, but like I'm glad he's here and getting some reps in the NBA, and we're, we're seeing what he's capable of. Same with Dwayne Washington Jr. Well, yeah, I think right now we're running eagleless basketball. Um, I like the fact that Kiefer and even Lance have such a high basketball IQ. Kiefer is 28 years old. He's a 28-year-old rookie, and he knows what it takes to 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 grind and to play good basketball like a lot of the players on the Pacers like to have the ball in their hands and make kind of selfish decisions a lot of the time and it feels good to watch guys like Dwayne Washington who've who's like have to fight to stay in the NBA and they're playing really good like him and Kiefer I've been very happy with them in the starting lineup uh Dwayne's been very good scoring and like just high IQ plays by both of those guys also Kiefer Sykes was coached by Rick Pitino in Greece I never know how to pronounce this name, but it's Panathinaikos. Panathinaikos. Rick Pitino sure. was his head coach. Kind of fun. So, um, yeah, let's let's move on. I guess I've talked about everything that we have in news. Brogdon and Lavert are out. I mean, what are your thoughts similar to what I'm saying, or how do you feel about that? About Brogdon and Lavert? Yeah. Or uh, well, Brogdon is doing his typical old man thing that he does every season, where he has his injury that he sits out for 10 games on. Um, Levert, uh, he's cleared protocols, I think. It's been over five days. I don't know. He's va- He should be vaccinated. I think uh, Rick Carlisle said the whole team's vaccinated. But I, I assume he's in conditioning protocols, if that's what you want to call it. But I, I think he should be back uh, maybe tomorrow. Um, I know Duarte's back tomorrow. Or he may, he, I think he played the last one, but... Uh, Duarte cleared protocols at the same time, and uh, Brogdon is questionable tomorrow with the Achilles, sore Achilles. So, yeah, I guess they're going to come back soon. That's a scary injury for sure. 
Um, hopefully yeah. it's it's not serious, and hopefully he just like got a bruise down there or something on his Achilles. And so. uh, no word on T.J. McConnell either. He's still in the cast. I'm Versus not planning on him being back. I this don't year. think he's going to be back this year either. I was listening to a podcast and they were drafting the worst. They did a draft like we do, but they were drafting the worst contracts in the NBA. And T.J. Yeah. McConnell was drafted. They were doing, I think, seven man lineups. There were three of them. T.J. McConnell was drafted uh, towards the end because, and the reasoning was, he doesn't score. He's not a great defender. So what does he even do on the court? How is he a bad contract? He's a very it's good contract for what he does. I think it's eight million a Play year. Playmaking, stealing, like good decision maker. I don't know what that's about. I thought we got him on a really good contract. I thought after last season, I, I swear he was gonna get over like ten million per year. I guess their worry, and I'm looking at it now. So he's signed until the twenty four twenty five season, which I think is a partial guarantee, but that's nine point three million. Yeah, that is in what three years, and he's currently how old is he right now? He's currently about to be thirty, so he'll he'll be, I guess, thirty three when that contract ends and making nine point three million. He won't regress too much. He's not a player that relies on things like athleticism or anything like that. Like he should still be good by then, but I don't know about this injury with his hand. I don't know if that's gonna make the regression start e- even sooner, but we'll see. We'll see. He needs to learn how to shoot the three. And That's for sure. Ugliest form I've ever seen. <laughs> he squats every single time he's shooting. He does. Hey, he's shooting 28% or 28% from three, so not bad. Yeah. I'm just – well, I guess that is tar- terrible, but that's okay, man. Hey, we're, we're all TJ McConnell fans over here at the All Pacers pod. So yes, that's uh, true. I, I wouldn't call it a bad contract. If anything, it's a very friendly, tradable contract. Yeah, I think it's a good contract. All right, Sal, let's move into some game recaps. And we haven't talked in a while. I know we were both prepped and ready for whatever games we're going to talk about. But I guess, look, ahead of time we talked about starting with the Cavaliers-Pacers game on January 2nd. If anyone at home is listening right now, we can't remember if we talked about the Chicago Bulls game on December 31st. That's when DeRozan hit a buzzer beater. That's all I want to talk about with that game. And... I mean, I think no one's going to be mad about that. That was heartbreaking. The game I really want to talk about and want to start with, Sal, and I know you feel the same way, is the Sunday, January 2nd, 2022 game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. And yes, it was a loss. And yes, the Cavaliers are missing some of their key players. But Lance Stevenson was officially a pacer for the first time since 2017. And there was much to rejoice about. There. So, I mean, Sal, what? Let, let's talk about this game a little bit. What were some of your takeaways from this one? I think it was just a fun loss. I wasn't paying attention to really how the Pacers were doing as a whole. I was kind of just watching Lance um, in the 13 minutes that he logged. Uh, he finished with six points, one rebound, three assists. And Sabonis had 32 points, 13 rebounds, seven assists, and he had three three-pointers that game. I honestly thought we were going to win it towards the end, but uh, we kind of uh, fell apart in the last few minutes there. Yeah, no doubt. So, Lance, you could see him shaking off a little bit of rust. I I know he played for the Hawks. He didn't really play a ton of minutes this year, though, when he did play. What I was nervous about with Lance was we were just going to see him for that 10-day contract, maybe three to four games, and we wouldn't see him again. 
and after watching this game too, I didn't love everything I saw from him. But I don't know. I, I think I was just happy in the moment that we had him back. I wasn't trying to think too far in the future. Obviously, he turned things around. This was a bad shooting performance from him. He shot 0 for 4 from 3. Yeah. But, yeah, Sabonis looked great in this one. And this was one of the first games where we saw the offense running fluidly through Sabonis, which we talked about at the beginning of this podcast. We saw Kiefer Sykes, Dwayne Washington start in this one. Kiefer Sykes started to get his feet under him a little bit more. He he didn't look great at, for much of like the beginning part of his Pacers starting lineup run. But had 10 points in this one. Not great shooting numbers, but you I mean you could see that he was gaining some confidence out there. Dwayne Washington too, same thing. And look, I mean, the only thing that I, I don't like about this rotation that the Pacers were running was Justin Anderson. But I mean, look, he's not going to be a pacer for long, so we're all good for now. And we lost this one, but this was a fun loss, and I agree with what you're saying. All right, the next game was another loss to the New York Knicks. Uh, this was a Kiefer Sykes game. Um, Kiefer Sykes had 22 points, four rebounds, six assists, and one steal. This was the game that kind of opened my eyes to who Kiefer Sykes was as a player. Uh, I really liked his uh, IQ that he has in the game and his uh, self selflessness with the ball. Does that make sense? Selfishness, selflessness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. So, um, I also didn't think we were gonna beat the Knicks. Um, they've been on fire recently. Um, I think they had a bunch of players missing as well. I think Alec Burks was starting at the point guard that game. Check. Yeah, well, he is their starting point guard, right? No, they they started putting him on the bench for oh, okay. a while. Um, he was starting for a bunch of games. Then Kemba came back, and then they started someone else. Um, but this was a game from R.J. Barrett, uh, of course, and Julius Randle also. They were both twelve for twenty, and they both played forty minutes plus, basically. Um, R.J. had thirty-two. Julius Randle had thirty. And uh, that's basically the story of that game. Yeah, so I actually was listening to the last podcast, me and you did, Sal. I was listening to it today just to kind of get psyched a little bit for this podcast. And I think the quote you said was, Julius Randle was a bona fide scrub. <laughs> I can't remember the exact word. <laughs> one and season wonder, I said. I yeah, think. one. you said one season wonder. Yeah. And I'm getting you confused with Stephen A. Smith probably, but... <laughs> I know you said something along those lines. Yeah, one season wonder. And then, he, sure enough, man, he came out here, got 30 points, 16 rebounds, like he said, and shot really well. So, bummer. But, look, I'm still in the belief that Sabonis is a better player. We don't need to talk about that because that's not really important right now, especially since Sabonis' stats look way worse. Yeah. But, like you said, I mean, Kiefer Sykes came on. We really let him go, let him lose. Same with Dwayne Washington. They both shot. I, look, 16 shots each. I mean, that's that's wild that they're, those are the two guys shooting the most shots on our team. The next most shots taken by a player was Sabonis with nine. So I don't know what the game plan is if it's like, hey, let's just let these guys go. Let's see what they're capable of and go from there. But, yeah, Kiefer Sykes, Dwayne Washington were really the focal point of this offense, and it didn't work out. But we got to see Torrey Craig minutes off the bench. We don't really get to see him consistently play a lot. I mean, he had 26 yeah. minutes. Really Played good Steven. game last night. Yeah, really. I mean, he was in crunch time until, like, he made a dumb error. But, yeah, Torrey Craig, we're seeing him come on a little bit. 
Lance Stevenson had some moments in this game too, played a ton in the fourth quarter. And look, we don't have Brad Wanamaker anymore, <laughs> so I'm I'm stoked. But we basically have a bigger Brad Wanamaker and Justin Anderson, yeah. who <laughs> played more minutes than O'Shea Brissett. Sal, my mind is freaking blown. What what is it about O'Shea that's getting him less minutes than a lot of these guys? That's really weird. I didn't even know that Justin Anderson played more, but I don't know what it is. Um, they just seem to Rick seems to not like him or something. It's gotta be. It has to be something in practice. I I don't know, man. So, yeah, we lost that one. It was 94 to 104. Tough loss. It was in Madison Square Garden in New York. So, I mean, that's not that's never an easy place to play. But I know Julius Randle's kind of turning against the fans right now. So, yeah. Look, man, this should have been the game we took. But hey, at the same time, we're kind of rooting for the draft pick. So, let's just be stoked with the loss. Let's move on to Brooklyn Nets versus the Indiana Pacers. This was on January 5th in Indy. Sal, what were your takeaways from this one? So this was the Lance, uh, one of the Lance and, um, was this the Lance game? This was, yeah. Yeah, Lance had 30 points. Uh, extremely impressive for a guy who's coming into the NBA as a 10-day player. 30 points, three rebounds, and five assists. And then Sabonis also had a triple-double. Uh, he has had two triple-doubles in the past three games. But this was the first triple-double, and it was 32 points, 12 rebounds, and 10 assists, and 85% from free throw. I think he shot, like, 15 free throws or something ridiculous. But, yeah, it was just that dynamic duo was shining. Uh, it sucks we couldn't close this one out because I really thought we had it at one point, but it was the fourth-quarter collapse that we got outscored by 15 points at the end there. And, um, yeah, but it was just awesome to see Lance uh, playing his game to his highest level. And uh, another thing I'd like to add that um, Nick Claxton was exposing Miles Turner so many times, and it was just uh, there's a lot of holes in Miles Turner's defense that Pacers fans like. I used to think that Miles Turner was like this insane All NBA defender, but there's really a lot of holes in his defense that some people might not want to hear. But like, it's more than just blocks. If you get quick, athletic bigs against Miles Turner. Yeah, Miles Turner's going to get beat. Especially, I mean, time. look, if Nick Claxton's doing it to you, who I'm really high on Nick Claxton. I think I've said on this podcast, I, I collected a bunch of his rookie cards when yeah. he was in the NBA, and I'm still holding on to him. Cause I believe in him, man. And they were cheap, too. I just I saw flashes from him early. Loved him. But look, yeah. he's still young, and Miles Turner's been in the league for, I think this is his eighth, seventh or eighth year. Come on, man. Yeah. Like, if, if you want, if you're crying to be not crying literally like go bear but if you're like wanting to be on these all nba all defensive nba teams so much like you got to guard these athletic fours and we're not seeing that from him i guess claxton was a five in this one yeah and another thing to add was uh miles turn didn't even he didn't really play at all during the fourth quarter this was the start of miles turner sitting in the fourth quarters um but he looks visually not happy with that and i think this is part this is the part of the season where Rick wants to see other players close out without Miles Turner because it doesn't look like he's that much of a valuable asset to us anymore, closing games. Yeah, no doubt. And, I mean, Sabonis has just turned it on recently too. Yeah. But we got to talk about this Lance Stevenson first quarter, and that's the whole— Yeah, 20 points in six minutes. 20 points um, in six minutes, yep. Shot. And just the first quarter. 
Yeah, shot eight for nine from the field. That's including four for five from three. And it's the most ever scored in the first quarter by a player off the bench. And I think it's the most ever points scored by a pacer in a single quarter, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, yeah, Lance Stevenson, man, this was his game. He was going toe-to-toe with Durant and Harden. I was so excited. I was so excited watching that game. Oh my gosh, man. It was I don't even want to say vintage Lance because I've never seen Lance play that well. And I've watched him hundreds of times. Well, let me think. Yeah, I mean probably that many times in my life. And I've never seen him look better. So he came out, he was ready to play. And look, we lost this one, but there there were so many good moments in this and a lot of like the reason we lost was like you said the 15 point swing in the end of the game. But, like, the Nets off the bench have Patty Mills, LaMarcus Aldridge, James Johnson, Blake Griffin. Like, they have veterans throughout this team who have been there before. And yeah, we they had also our, got Harden and Kyrie. It was Kyrie's debut. That, that was what this game was supposed to be, was Kyrie Irving playing for the first time. But it turns into the Lance show. But even then, I just wanted to watch Lance this game because I knew that the Nets have Katie, Kyrie, Harden, and... Uh, it yeah. was a good game to watch, nonetheless. Yeah, no doubt. But, yeah, I mean, when you're looking at our rotation, we had Justin Anderson still playing, who only got <laughs> seven minutes this game. But O'Shea said at 26. Lance Stevenson had 32. And then we had, you know, like Ahmad Caver, Nate Hinton, Terry Taylor off the bench for a few seconds or like a minute to end the game. Yeah. But, like, we had an eight-man rotation. That's including the Anderson seven minutes. And, I mean, these guys are young, fresh in the league. Like, we still have Miles Turner, Sabonis. Miles Turner didn't close the game, but, like, Sabonis nope. and Holiday are, like, the guys out there at the end of this game. And, like, they're the veteran leaders. Like, that's cool and all. But if that's all you have and you're up against three of the greatest NBA talents we've ever seen, mm-hmm. plus all these veterans, like, it's going to be tough to close the game out. And we, we really did see Brooklyn – take a hold of this game towards the end so for sure tough loss but i mean so many fun things came out of it of course let's move on to the next one that's jazz at indy uh you want to talk about this one of course um this was my favorite player dropping 42 points and a career high um game also shooting 82 percent from the field which is almost as more impressive than scoring 42 but um, he's scored 42 points on, on that high efficiency, which is crazy. And Lance Stevenson also with 16 points, 14 assists, which is his career high. So it was a double career high night in Indiana and four steals as well. Uh, this was a great game. Awesome to watch. I mean, I think Sabonis only had that career high because Rudy Gobert wasn't there. But that's okay. Um, it was still a good game nonetheless. And uh, it was a lot of fun watching uh, those two have that dynamic duo-esque connect- connection i think with the way sabonis was cooking this game i don't think it would have made a huge difference with gobert and i'm dead serious about that really look hassan whiteside's huge i know he's kind of a dummy at times he's lazy yes that too and we've i've seen some like <laughs> highlight clips going around yeah. social media of him just like not standing around yeah. yeah but like i mean sabonis was cooking this game that's one of those games where lance came in wanted to get Sabonis involved. I think you told me 10 assists to Sabonis. Yeah, 10 of the 14. Insane. 
I mean, Crazy. he had a he had double digit assists just to one player in this game. And look, yeah. Stevens, if Stevenson's coming out wanting to get Sabonis involved, and Sabonis is cooking the way that he did, then I mean, like I don't know who could have stopped him in that moment. Rudy Gobert probably the closest thing to stopping Sabonis, or maybe Andre Drummond. But like other than that, <laughs> I mean, just the way that he was going and ready to play, it would have been hard to stop him. So I mean, this was a good game for him. And especially a good game against the Jazz, who came into this game 28 and 11, the record was, compared yeah. to our 14 and 25 record. So, yeah. W- what else? We saw Duarte playing this one. Brissett got some minutes. Um, just oh, Dwayne played. Washington, very good. Very good player that game. Yeah. Du- I mean, we're seeing moments from Dwayne Washington, too. Crazy. Like, I'm I'm loving this. Keeper Sykes, too. I mean, didn't have, like, the best game, but I thought he made a difference on, you know, yeah. a lot. Of, like, oh, yeah, four assists here. So, I mean, not a bad outing for him. Seven points, four assists, five rebounds. Can't really expect more from him. Like, yeah, he's a heat check guy. He'll blow up in any minute. Have, like, that 22-point game that he did a couple games ago that we talked about, but... Yeah, I mean, the big storyline here is Sabonis, the 42 points, and then Stevenson, the 16 points, 14 assists. So, double MVP on Instagram, too, correct? Yes. Who, so, I mean, if you could create the perfect starting lineup for the Pacers with just the guys that are healthy in this game, what would you have changed anything? In just that game? Yeah. Okay, well, let me just check the injury report quickly. So, the healthy guys off the bench were Lance, Duarte, Brissett and Jeremy Lamb. Those are those are the guys off the bench. Yeah, everyone this else is the Jazz game, right? Yeah, and I'm assuming you aren't going to start Ta- Terry Taylor, Nate Hinton, or Ahmad Caver. Caver. So, I'd say start Sabonis uh, and Miles Turner. I guess. Um, I'd put. I'd keep Sykes as the starting point guard. I'd put Lance at shooting guard. And uh, hmm, I think I'd start O'Shea, maybe, or I'd keep Dwayne Washington as the shooting guard and put Lance at the small forward. But that's not that's not a bad one. I wouldn't be starting Chris if that's what people are thinking. Yeah, well, I mean, I think I'd start Chris Duarte, but that's just me. I know it was his first game back in a little bit, so. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I I, I would have started him. I mean, I'm I am liking Kiefer Sykes and Dwayne Washington for sure, no doubt. Like they've they've been a ton of fun just to like kind of experiment as NBA players, like getting to watch them that way. That's yep. the big reason I think we're liking them right now. Is it's yeah. just something fresh? It's the, new the blood. Pac- yeah, the Pacers are trying something new. It's not the same five guy <laughs> rotation that we've been seeing forever. The boring the boring team we have usually. Yeah, and then when one player's hurt, we put Justin Holiday in the starting yeah. lineup. Yeah, there you go. Or if a guard's hurt, we saw Aaron Holiday get thrust into the starting Brad lineup. Brad Wanamaker. Or Brad starting, Wanamaker starting this year. point guard. Yeah. I mean, this year's obviously way different because of the health and safety protocols, COVID, everything, but yeah, we're it's something fresh and look, if Duarte's healthy, I want him starting anyways. So mm-hmm. that's definitely the change I would love to see. I think Lance coming off the bench in games and then closing out games, or yeah. at least like in a rotation closing out games, is you know something that the Pacers, I think when they are doing that, like look really good doing. And I mean, obviously in this game too, I, it's hard to say you change anything because we beat 
one of the best teams in the league in the Utah Jazz by 12. But, yeah, I mean, there's there's some fun things to think about with this team when we're looking from top to bottom on this roster that really, honestly, two weeks ago, I think we would say the exact opposite of because we were hating this team and ready for them to trade everybody. Yep. I still am ready for them to trade everyone, but I'm, I'm enjoying it a little bit more. Yes. I mean, look, build around O'Shea Brissett and Lance Stevenson. Let's just go from there. Yep. Let's move on to the next one. That's Indiana Pacers. This is January 10th, which at the time of recording yesterday. was yesterday. Yeah, I think if we can get our producer to edit this by tomorrow, this will be – you'll listen to this on Wednesday, and this is for Monday. So we lost to the Boston Celtics in overtime, 101-98. to And, yes, that is a low score because it went into overtime. But, I mean, this was a low-scoring game from beginning to end. Sal, what, do you, what, what are your thoughts on this one? So I only watched the fourth quarter and overtime where we did outscore them in the fourth quarter. Um, once, uh, who was the person that got the like thing to put us up by two and then Tatum had the ball? Who scored it, that last bucket? It was remember? the, was it the and one from O'Shea Brissett? It might, it might have been that or it was uh, someone had a layup or something. But once we were have... up by two or whatever, I knew that someone was going to do something to send it to overtime. Yeah, Torrey Craig had 10 in the fourth. Looked really good there. Like, I mean, just put the team on his back at times. Oh, yeah. Uh, he always has quiet points, too. Like, I, I know the He's one our leading Brooklyn scorer, Nets too. Wild. So the one, which I didn't even realize, the one, okay, so the one Brooklyn Nets game that we saw him play this year where he had, I think, 28 points or whatever he had, That those weren't quiet points. I feel like any other time that he scores in the NBA, for the, or at least for the Pacers, they're quiet points. Yeah. Which is, you know, that's one of those things where if, like, I'm judging a player on a team, if I forget that they're on the court for, like, a whole quarter, then they're probably not a great NBA player. I, I think Torrey Craig is sneaky and creative and gets these points by not being the focal point of the offense and waiting for his opportunity, and there's value in that for sure. But, like like I said, I mean, just took over in the fourth, had those 10 points plus eight, um, and plus minus in the fourth quarter. Shot two for three from three, four for seven from the field. But, like you said, Tatum had the, the bucket to yeah. send this game to overtime. And not a lot of Miles Turner in this one. Yeah, I was going to add that. Only 23 minutes, uh, six points, three blocks. But uh, one thing that we're noticing now in the past three games that he doesn't play in the fourth, like I said previously. And um, interestingly enough, I don't think I told you about this, but he deleted a bunch of posts on Instagram and Twitter and all that with him talking about Indiana and shutting down rumors and saying that he loves Indiana. He deleted all those. Whoa. So, yeah, that's, that's important. And his mom posted on her story on Instagram after that Celtics loss, like a smiley face and a winking emoji. That's it. So, wow. Alluding to something, Miles Turner looked angry when Sabonis had 50, 42 points, not 50. But, uh, yeah, I think it's it's time that Miles Turner's gone. Unreal. Yeah, I didn't realize that. So maybe he's asking for a trade, trying to get out. I wouldn't blame him. I think we've, like I've said, we've done this podcast 80-plus times. I think we've <laughs> talked about Miles Turner trades on every single episode. We're, like, I know the, what's the definition? Beating a dead horse. Yep. I mean, we're way beyond even that <laughs> phrase. Like, at this point, I don't even know what to call it anymore, man. It's We're just running this Miles Turner trade talk into the ground. 
And look, man, yeah. it may culminate here soon, and we may see him on a new team. Maybe Dallas, maybe Charlotte. I've I've heard in some rumors, but yeah, yeah tough outing for Turner. He's not spacing the floor like we've we've hoped and or I mean that we've seen in the past at least. Yeah. Obviously, I I I think that both of us believe he can do that in the future for like a t- contending team. But yeah. I mean, right now he's our second best player in our starting lineup or maybe like top three guy in the rotation because I mean, one of our guys off the bench always performs well, but he can't be a second or third option on a championship team or even a good team. Like if he is going to, if his skills are going to be utilized perfectly, he needs to focus on the defensive end being the anchor on defense and spotting up on three spacing the floor. And he's not going to get that opportunity in Indy, especially with Demonis Sabonis there at times. Like, I mean, just the way that he moves around the court and the things that we're asking Miles Turner's to do on defense to help support Sabonis too. But like, if he can be a fourth option on a cha- on like a contending team, yeah, he can like do I, that. Re- yeah, I think that's going to unlock some like some new, uh, I don't know, like a new way of looking at Miles Turner. I, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, I just feel like we're going to see a brand new player and an opportunity like that. So, look, I want what's best for him. He served Indiana so well the past seven or eight years, and I don't think he's part of the future plans of this Pacers team, so I'd rather see him go somewhere else and thrive. I hope it's on the Warriors. Oh, get some Moses Moody in Indiana. I want some Kaminga or Wiseman in Indiana. That's what I want. You're all... Like you, you've completely stepped off the Moses Moody bandwagon, huh? Oh no, no, thank you. <laughs> That's funny, man. Okay, so I also had the Pacers plus six in this game. I just needed them to lose by six or better. And there was a time midway through overtime we were down five, and I thought, well, this is it, stupid yeah. bet. I should never like. I knew the Pacers were gonna let me down here, but they didn't, man. Justin Holiday got fouled on that three. Yeah, kind of took away any opportunity for the Celtics to ruin my bet, and so shout out uh, Robert Williams, Josh Richardson, two of you know I don't know if I could call R- Josh Richardson a low IQ guy, but I'm gonna call him one just because I believe it. But yeah, him and Robert Williams, two of the lower IQ guys in the NBA, really helping me out there. So shout out, but yeah, tough loss in this one. Which Sal, I believe, leads us into the games to look forward to. Oh yeah, right. So I don't know about looking forward to as a as a word to describe them, but um, let's see what our schedule is looking like. We play Boston ahead. tomorrow. Yeah, let's go ahead. Let's look at the next four because that'll be just over a week. When I think that's a loss time. tomorrow. Um, yep. I mean, well, I mean, we'll see. You know, one of my things I always say is if you're gonna do a back-to-back game with the team. And I know it's not completely back-to-back. There's a two-day separation. But, like, if we're splitting a game with the Celtics, I really believe teams like this, the Celtics in this example, they'll leave that game like, we don't need to change anything completely. Like, what we did worked. We shut them down in the first half. So let's just, like, keep focusing on what we're doing. And the Pacers are leaving that game like, how can we fix what we did in the first half? How can we close this game out better? And I I really do believe the preparation in games like this means a lot for the outcome. And I, I kind of feel like this could be a split game. Maybe. I think, like, there's always a chance of winning back-to-backs. I like, yeah. yeah. 
But I, I think that in the next five games, I think we go 1-5 because we're playing a Paul George-less Clippers team. But we play Boston, then we play Phoenix, uh, then we play Clippers, then we play the Lakers, then we play Golden State, then we play Phoenix again. So the Clippers, Lakers, Warriors, Phoenix, those uh, four games are all away games for us? Yeah, it's a road trip. Brutal. Yeah. So That's the Boston Celtics. Yeah, going to be so tough. So the Celtics game on Wednesday is home. Suns game is home. And Sal, I know you're probably rooting for these losses because you did predict we'd go on a 15-game losing streak. Yeah. I don't think either of us would have ever predicted that we would beat the Jazz. No. Well, but look, I didn't I mean, know Rudy Gobert would be gone. Yeah. But, I mean, look, if we still go 1-14 during that stretch, that's a great <laughs> prediction. So yeah, it's possible still. Yeah, man, you you may be getting a contract extension from the All Pacers on Instagram, so we'll see. <laughs> maybe maybe you'll be uh, changed from Instagram manager and co-host on the All Pacers pod to uh, lead analyst for the All Pacers pod. I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll workshop some things, but look, man, great call so far. We'll see we'll see how it ends up. But yeah, I'm predicting. I think you said what one in five or one in four. Yeah, one in five because Kawhi and Paul George are out. Yeah, I still think Reggie Jackson is, is so good, and the rest of the team has like good, solid role players. Eric Bledsoe is going to cook us. I, I mean, someone's going to that is going <laughs> to cook us. Yeah. So I'm going to go 0-5 or 0-6 or whatever. It doesn't matter. So I don't All think right. we're going to win. The only game I think we could win is this Boston Celtics game on Wednesday. Really? All and right. Yeah. And I mean, the way we're going to beat any of these teams is Sabonis – shooting 80% from the field, and Lance Stevenson playmaking better than most NBA point guards. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, we'll see how health goes, too. I know Levert may be back at any minute, and Brogdon could be back whenever, but he'll probably play one game and then miss the next game from some random injury. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know how injuries are going to shake out, but I'm just going to go ahead and predict 0-5 over the next five. I can agree with you there. Okay, let's move in quickly. Let's do the thing that we've all been waiting for, which is the tiers of Pacers players since December, you said? Something like that. Okay, so you have your tiers, which is from S to, did you do the F, the F S tier? S to D, and then F is replaced with injury slash never plays. Okay, so... That like who's on that list for you? So I have Terry Taylor, T.J. McConnell, and T.J. Warren, and Monte Ellis. Yeah, forgot about him. Yeah, go ahead and put him on the list. Still getting so, paid. Yeah, I I like this idea. Let's go from bottom to the top. So yeah, those guys, we don't need to say anything about them. We know their situations. Let's move on. You know, I could say Goga could be in that list too, but I put Goga in the D tier because. Uh, all Pacers fans love a good Goga slander at some point. So uh, I put Goga in the D tier. I guess Justin Anderson, now that you reminded me of him, I don't like him. And then uh, Isaiah Jackson, even though I'm a big Isaiah Jackson fan, uh, still just because he doesn't get any minutes, really, like some like seven minutes here and there, uh, I put him in the D tier. Okay, I appreciate that because you know I'm a huge Goga fan. Yeah, I, I believe that I always will be. So at least you have Isaiah Jackson there. I know you're a huge fan of his. So look, that makes me feel a little bit better. But yeah, Justin Anderson being there is great. 
I really, I mean, he's, look, he'll show flashes just because, like, he's a big body. He has that NBA athletic body type. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll make noise at times. But I just honestly think he's a negative in the NBA. And if anything. Isaiah Jackson? Has, no, no, no. Uh, Justin Anderson. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Isaiah Jackson. Okay. No, no, no. None <laughs> of what I just said. If I said for Isaiah Jackson, I apologize. But. Yeah, Justin Anderson, I just believe he's a negative in the NBA. I've thought that since his days in Dallas. I used to watch all those games because Yogi Ferrell. I'm a big IU fan. Yeah, and right. So I it blew my mind when he got signed by the Pacers, and it still blows my mind when he gets minutes. So uh, that's really mean. So sorry, Justin <laughs> Anderson or Justin Anderson's mom, if you're listening. I apologize. I just I haven't seen it from him in Indy yet. So I like your tier placement for that one. Let's move on to C. All right, for C, I have um, O'Shea Brissett, Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holiday, who's been like very inconsistent for us this year, and uh, Dwayne Washington highlighting the top of C. So I'm kind of going from worst on the C tier to the best in that order. Okay, so you have Dwayne Washington over... Brissett, Holiday, Lamb, and Tory Craig. As of recently, yeah. Since he's been a starter, I I would no not over Tory Craig. Tory Craig. Okay. I, was, I didn't mention Tory Craig. Oh, okay. So I mean, so to me, like, I I wonder is that because he's been in the starting lineup and been asked to do more? Are you factoring that in? Like, what, uh, what? that's that's ba- that's what I'm basing Dwayne Washington off of. Since he's been getting all this opportunity, I think that he's been better than those three guys. Um, yeah. All right, man. So we've seen a ton of inconsistency from Jeremy Lamb. I mean, also, like, when when it would seem smart to put him into the game, like, to help with the Pacers on offense or what? I mean, like, at the end of games, there's times where I'm like, dude, just put him in the corner, let him shoot. Even if he doesn't get the ball, like, he's facing the floor. Yeah. Like, he's not getting in because I think, you know, like, he's not fully up to speed with what the Pacers are doing right now, but you can see him getting frustrated too on the bench. And we didn't even talk about that when we talked about Miles Turner, but yeah, we're seeing some inconsistency from him and I don't know if that's all his fault, but Brissett in the C tier is kind of tough for me. Going to be honest. Yeah. I, I thought about putting him in the D tier, but I don't know. Um, and also with Justin holiday, um, I'm probably the biggest Justin holiday fan that I know. Um, and it hurt me putting him this low, but uh, I've just seen a lot of inconsistency with him recently, and it seems like one day he's like one for eight from three, and like four games later he's like seven of like uh, like of ten from the field, not from three, but from the field. You know. So since December first, he's been he's shot thirty four point nine percent from three, and. Thirty-seven point six from the field. Not yeah, great. It's just splits. not good. It's just not good. Yeah, the three-point percentage is fine, but that's not what you expect from him. Like we've said on this podcast before, you expect in in seasons past, you've expected all of his three-point shots to go in. Yeah, not anymore. And nope, not anymore. So yeah, that's. I think that's an okay spot for him. He is getting older, and I think you know, like even with all of our guys healthy, he's still in the rotation. But I think this is a good spot for him right now. That's my second favorite player in the NBA right there. Justin Holiday. Yes. I love it. That's right. changing soon. I, I am looking into the future. I don't think that's going to be your second favorite player for long. All right. 
Just a uh, prediction. At the bottom of the B tier, I have Chris Duarte. Um, I mean, he's been dealing with COVID, and even before that, he kind of slowed down a lot with his Rookie of the Year campaign that he had going on. Um, also, like, he's only a rookie in the NBA. I guess he is 24, though, but um, his efficiency also is not something that you want to see from him. Um, I mean, he likes shooting the basketball, but as of recent, he doesn't really like making it that often. And uh, and he kind of he toned down the amount of shots he's taking as well, even though that's kind of coming with the minutes that he's getting. So is that the only person on your B tier? Oh no, that was just the bottom. Um, okay. Uh, I have Tory Craig next because he's been pretty decent for us as of recently. Awesome. And I have Kiefer Sykes at the top of the B tier. Wow. Okay. Yeah, Kiefer Sykes love. That's awesome to see. So since December 1st, I'm going to push back a little bit on Kiefer Sykes because I don't know if I put him here. I may have him in the C tier, but 10 points per game. And yes, he did start out really slow and has like looked a lot better recently, but has shot 42.6% from the field, which is fine, especially for a first year guy, but 30% from three. And I don't know. I'm basing you know. Kiefer at the same point where I'm basing Dwayne Washington. Okay, cool. So, so like the I, assists, the the scoring, like relatively, and like the assists and the IQ and the playmaking is what I really like from him, mm-hmm. and him getting the rest of the team involved. That's that's why I have him so high. Yeah, and I I keep him and Dwayne Washington on the same tier as far as talent right now. At least, I mean, yeah. like you're saying with Kiefer Sykes, like he has a lot of that IQ. He's averaging three point six assists for us per game this season or at least since he's been playing the seven games but he's had the big moments too and I don't know if Dwayne Washington has had the equal amount of big moments of Sykes so yeah I I think if I had to put them side by side I'd elevate Kiefer Sykes a little bit as far as talent goes and performance but yeah I mean I I don't B's kind of high for me but hey man this is this is the Sal list the (laughs) NBA or the Pacer tier Sal list or whatever you want to call it. So I mean, this is your thing. So let's. So this was B, correct? Yeah. So some notable names still left. I'm excited to see who you have on the A tier. I'm excited to see if you have anyone on the S tier. I I have a hunch that you will. But let's move on to A. So at the bottom of the A tier, uh, who have also contemplated moving down to the B tier, uh, was Miles Turner. I'm okay. not liking what I'm seeing from him recently. Also, that's also due to him getting less minutes, but uh, just kind of his attitude when he plays, I'm not really happy with that. His like, um, his kind of like, what's it called? Demeanor. He's an offensive liability sometimes. Okay, not what I was thinking. But his demeanor as well. Um, and I just don't like the production that he's doing as a starting center. Uh, who gets a, who used to get a lot of minutes? Like he kind of struggles to get ten points, uh, at, like close to ten points, and uh, it's just not the Miles Turner that we're used to seeing. And part of that is the fact that um, it looks like we're moving on from him. Yeah, no doubt. So his three point percentage has dipped since December, and his blocks have dipped since December as well. So he's shooting twenty eight point point nine percent from three. And he's blocked 2.9 shots. I think that's below his season average. Yeah, I but think his season's three. 
Yeah. So, okay, well, maybe not that low. I was thinking it was closer to four, but okay. So maybe not that bad. He's still blocking shots, but yeah, three-point percentage at 28.9, not good at all. And, I mean, a lot of it probably has to do with frustrations in Indiana right now, losing all these games. He's never had a season like this, even when Paul George was hurt most of the year, came back for the last seven games. The Pacers were one game away from making the playoffs. So, like, he hasn't had a season that's tough like this, and he's one of the leaders on this team. And I don't know if, like, he's capable of being that type of player right now. So, yeah, tough tough having him in A, but, you know, it's still Miles Turner. He still makes a difference on the court in ways that other players don't. And I, I think this is, this is a little high, but I, I think it's fair. No, yeah, like I said, he's been playing like a B-tier player, but just because it's Miles Turner, I put him in the A. For sure. you know, uh, he's, he's good important. at the start of December, but he fell off recently. Yeah, he's important on defense, and yeah, I think that alone is good enough yeah, for at least enough. this Pacers team, for this Pacers team to be higher. Like, if everyone's healthy and the Pacers are winning games, yeah, and Miles Turner looks this way. He's an A. Okay. Yeah, so let's. So you have other people on the A team? Yeah, I have three other players. I have Lance Stevenson. We all know okay. why. We've talked about him a lot today. So yes, I'll put him there. To. Malcolm Brogdon, been injured for like what seems to be more than 10 games, but um, Malcolm's been great this season. Um, I, even though I don't like Malcolm Brogdon, but it's okay because he's been good for us this season, and I'm not going to take that away from him. I really and like Malcolm Brogdon. I'm going to let that be known. I'd like him to play shooting guard for us, but I would not like him to play point guard for us. All right. And All then right. at the top of the A tier, we have Karis LeVert, who's been turning it up recently until he got COVID. And uh, he went on a big, uh, like a like a five-game stretch where he had high scoring on good efficiency and playing good for us. So I like what I'm seeing out of Karis. Maybe he's playing to get his trade value up. and uh, Which is great. Hopefully a future Cavalier, so we can have Colin Sexton or something. But, uh, yeah. Awesome. So that leaves one, one player. player for the S tier, and we all know who that is. Yes. Uh, Mr. Triple Double over here. Uh, I don't know if I should be calling him that, but uh, Sabonis. Been great. Let's go. He's shown that he wants the team. Um. And, yeah, he's playing like he is the best player on the team. He's playing like he's the best big man on the team. And he's playing like he likes to be the only big man on the court when he's playing. Yeah, and, I mean, Lance has given him some new life, too. Yeah, for sure. Obviously. And, I mean, look, he's a two-time All-Star, and that's the past two seasons. So we know he's capable, and we've seen glimpses from him more recently than we have at least from the beginning of the season. And, like, he's getting almost back to his normal self. I will say his usage percentage since December is still lower than Karis LeVert's, who is way too high Yeah, at 26.6% usage percentage. And that's kind of about where he's at for the entire season, too. But Lance is at 24 usage percent. Jeremy Lamb is at 22.1. When Jeremy Lamb's on the court, there's a great chance that he's going to get involved. And then we see Demonis Sabonis there, equal, just about equal with Brogdon and Dwayne Washington Jr. So we, w- I would love to see that number jump up some. I would guess at least the past maybe two weeks it's jumped up some. Well, I wouldn't guess. I, I'm 
very confident it's a lot higher than the 21.9 we're seeing here. But, I mean, uh, when I feel – I don't know the exact numbers, and I wanted to try to figure this out. I, I don't know exactly if I'll be able to figure it out right now. But I wonder, like, I'm guessing if Levert's usage percent is, like, 28 or higher, I would bet the Pacers lose those games. And at the same time, I bet if if Sabonis' usage – yeah, I would bet if Sabonis' usage rates are like 25 or higher, the Pacers are in closer games and looking a lot better. So are you, you're seeing the same thing? Yeah, for sure. I feel like Karras can shoot us out of games sometimes. Yeah, no doubt. And, I mean, at the same time, like, we've seen, and we've talked about this before, when Sabonis gets the ball for the last second shot. Don't like that. No, don't like that at all. But up until that point, we got to get him involved, let him create. Yeah. Ahmad Caver has played eight or I think what point eight minutes this whole year for the Pacers in the one game that he's played. And he's at a fifty percent usage percent, which is the most <laughs> on the team. But obviously that's less than a minute of play. So you can't really factor that in. But you know, out of the two possessions he's played for the Pacers, he's been a fifty percent usage guy on that. So just worth noting, he's number one on the Pacers right now since December 1st. I'd also like to add that Sabonis, uh, the Pacers, I didn't post this on the Instagram, probably should have, but uh, there was recent, uh, I can't remember who said it, but it was a reliable source. They said that uh, the Pacers aren't, they value Sabonis much higher than other teams do. So as of right now, he's kind of out of trade talks. So... As Miles Turner trade rumors increase, so it looks like we're probably see, not seeing Sabonis get traded. Yeah, I saw the same thing. So it's a real Philadelphia Ben Simmons situation here in Indiana with Demonis Sabonis. <laughs> we need to get something way more valuable than the rest of the league uh, believes he's worth. And at and least I'm he's okay playing for that. us. At least he's playing for us. At least he's playing for us, and he's your favorite player. So I'm, I know you're stoked. So, hey, that's your tiers. I'm glad that we could include Monte Ellis and there was no pushback there. Yeah. But I I think this may be the new way to go for ranking these Pacers. I don't, I don't know what your thoughts are because we haven't done the regular Sal ranking top to bottom Indiana Pacers this year yet in a while. Yeah. So, I don't know. What are you feeling? Do you, do you think this is something that we should do moving forward? What yeah. what what are your kind of thoughts on this? I like it as long as we do like relative to the team, and then also taking into account like their placement on the tier itself. Yeah, so it I guess in a way, in a way, it's ordering it, but it gives it more of a visual aspect. For sure, and you know, adds a different. Yeah, like we can say that Sabonis is better than Lance Stevenson. We can say, or, or you had Levert at two, so we can say Sabonis is one, Levert's two. But at the same time, Sabonis is on a whole other level. Yeah, yeah. Than Karis Levert, and yeah, I think that adds it a shows the gap. Yeah, for sure, dude. Great idea, love it. And I think that's all we have. So, Sal, what are your expectations for the Pacers going forward? Have they changed? More losses, but more entertaining losses. Yeah, is watching Pacers basketball oh, fun and again trades, for you? Trades, trades. Yes. Probably soon. I mean. Within the next month, so I yeah, we'll do we'll do more episodes since before then. But uh, yeah, um, 
fun stuff because Lance Stevenson is playing and he brings energy to the team. Um, yeah. So today is the 11th of January. If you're listening to this, it's probably the 12th or 13th. The trade deadline's February 10th, so we are less than one month away from the trade deadline. Typically, teams wait until the very the last end. day. Yeah. Yeah. I pray to, to God trades. that we have a different team than what we have now. We have waited till the last day for many years. Oh, I hope so. And hoped. We have hoped that something has happened nothing on that last happens. day. Nothing happens. And nothing happens. So, yeah, except like we got Doug McDermott <laughs> a few years ago, I think. Do we trade so, for him? No, I think we, we signed him. Who did we get? It was, oh, Nick Stauskas. We got him. <laughs> and then we waved him. And then we waved. It was Nick Stauskas and some other guy. I can't even I think of who it was. I remember. They it. got traded like seven times that day. It was wild. So. Oh, I remember. I was a big Aaron Holiday fan at the time, and I was so worried because there was all this stuff circulating. Like, Aaron Holiday's worth a first round pick, and the Knicks are interested. And I was like, no. But yeah, but nothing ended sh- up happening. We should have capitalized, man, on his value. <laughs> we shouldn't have let it go till last year. Yeah. Or at least, like, you knew at the very beginning of the year that like he wasn't as good as he was and i i mean we should have traded him then when people were still high on him so look we we got isaiah jackson out of it i know you're stoked so it could have been worse but anyway let's wrap this thing up if you haven't already listened to the last podcast we did with daquan jones one time mad ant was on the pacers training uh training what is it training league Training, what training camp. Training camp. Why did I not remember that? Yeah, training <laughs> camp roster. Jeez, it, we've done a long podcast, okay? Yeah. Forgive me. But yeah, he was on the training camp roster, gave a, some great perspective on that. Super fun interview. So make sure you go listen to that. Remember to leave us a five-star review on the All Pacers pod. It helps us grow as a podcast. And I mean, we really, look, at this point, I think we're first in most reviews in the world for Pacers podcast, but I, we may be second at this point too. I think Forbes is right there neck and neck with us. So like I always say, leave us a five-star review. We appreciate it. And Sal, until next time, what do you got to say to Pacer fans out there real quick? Uh, Enjoy Lance while you can. Oh, I I know we're doing the close, but like, so this is his second 10-day hardship contract. Yeah. He can still sign two more 10-day contracts. So we may see him sign two more. Can he actually? I thought it was only two. I think the hardship 10-day is different than the regular one. I could be wrong, but that's that's the, that's how I'm thinking through this right now. So, And I'm pretty sure he can still sign two more 10 days. I hope it doesn't get to that point because I, I agree with you. Like, Just Sign him for the rest of the season. <laughs> sign him for the rest of the season. Let's get him for next year too. Like yeah, whatever, man. Just a year plus one team option or something. Yeah, or at least figure out when McConnell's coming back and just maybe balance it around that. But sure. Yeah, man. Well, hey, as always, Sal, great talking to you. For Sal, I'm Jack. Thanks for listening to the All Pacers pod. Peace out. says, you want me, Joel Embiid? Come get it, because I'm going to give it to you. Are you kidding me? Sabonis brought it to him.